The Alternative Show with Trevor Thomas. Thank you for listening to The Alternative Show. I'm Trevor Thomas, and you're uh, listening on KSKQ 94.9 FM. And today, our subject is lost. That's right, the official song of the TV show, uh, Lost, which we're going to be talking about today with our special guest, Travis Marshall. Uh, we're also going to be doing a few other things. We're going to be playing some uh, some music from people like Goo Goo Dolls, Coldplay, Angels and Airwaves, Lost Prophets. We're going to be doing Spell Speak, which I know you guys love. Uh, Best of YouTube, we'll be continuing our replay segment. And, um, and we'll also be doing answering machine messages. So before we start talking about Lost, um, I have a, uh, um, a song that I want to play for you guys, which I think you'll all love and appreciate. Another song from the show. I'm sorry, that was the wrong show. That was Baywatch. Totally different show about a bunch of people on a beach. Uh, totally different cast members. So uh, instead, I'm going to play um, Where's My Mind by the Pixies. And to get you in the mood for that, here's a quote from the TV show itself. The reason you're letting that clock there run all the way down to the very last tick is it because you need to look down the barrel of a gun to find out what you really believe. Stop.
So today we're here with uh, with my good friend Travis, and we're going to be talking about Lost. And let me just make sure your microphone works. Why don't you say something? All right. Test. Test. I'm not hearing anything. Uh, how about now? Hello. Testing. Yeah. I, well, I'm not sure. I hear it on my end. Oh, okay. I need to turn my volume yeah. up. Okay, there we go. All right. So, um, so I'm kind of throwing him in here. We didn't get a whole lot of chance to talk about everything that we were going to do, uh-huh. but um, but we've got a basic outline for you. Uh, talking about the show Lost, um, kind of the ins and outs of the show, what we thought about it, and just to warn you guys, we have opposing views here, which I think will make this more interesting. Hopefully. And then. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and then we'll be playing some music that kind of goes with the show, and um, and uh, oh, and uh, kind of spoiler alert here: we're going to be talking about the season finale. Yeah. So if you haven't watched the season finale, um, go watch that right now, really quick. I wouldn't, then, I wouldn't want to ruin your surprise or right. your lack of surprise, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, and if you haven't watched the show, then feel free to listen to us willy-nilly because it doesn't matter. Um, and if you, well, if you don't plan on watching the show, if you haven't watched the show and don't plan on it, um, just have at it. Just listen to as much of us as you want because it's going to be very entertaining and it may change your mind about watching the show mm-hmm. or it may very verif- verify how you feel about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we thought we'd do a couple of things. We talk a little bit about. What we felt the show was about, and um, and also how we felt about the ending. Uh, and if you want to be on the radio, um, as it were, uh, please give us a call here at the studio five four one four eight two three nine nine nine. And um, I think I know enough about the phone to be able to answer it. <laughs> but um, if you can try to call us when we're playing a song, because I'm not allowed to answer the phone on the air. Uh, apparently, we get sued or something. I don't know. So. Yeah, you need to have a disclaimer or something. Right. So for any, all those 20 people out there that are tuning in, <laughs> give us a call. Yes, that's right. Give us a call. Well, hopefully we'll make it interesting. So um, <clears throat> so to start out with, um, I guess we wanted to talk a little bit about what the show meant to us. And uh, both Travis and I have watched the entire series at this point. Yeah. It's long six-year run, I guess. <laughs> yes, many, many hours. Yes. Lot. It's taken over our lives. I have a friend of mine that um, that he got caught up. He got into the show late in the game. I think it was beginning of season five. And uh, he watched a season and a half in, like, over a weekend because mm. he was just trying to get caught up. It took him, like, two weeks to get completely caught up with the whole show. Wow. But that's pretty much what Lost does to you. I mean, as soon as you watch one episode, you have to watch another. Yeah, yeah, I did that with uh, season five. Uh, actually, I stopped at like four and a half. And I caught up for this this latest sixth season, the final. Yeah. Um, oh, and I think I even I, I began um, some time just before the third season began. So. Uh, yeah, a lot of people like to watch these just on the DVD, back-to-back, many hours at a time. Yeah, I watched them on uh, ABC, had all the shows on there for a while, and, um, and I watched them back-to-back. I think, I think I got into the show around the second or third season. It was, it was probably close to the end of the first, because I know I didn't start watching it with everyone else. But as soon as I got into it, I just had to watch them all, you know, however long it took I had to finish the rest of that show. 
you know, damn the consequences. And I wonder if anyone's going to be encouraged to do the same from now on, <laughs> getting into the, venting my frustration on the ending already, but we're right now wanting to talk about what the show meant. Yeah, so, uh, yes, we will definitely come to your lost rage, as we have coined it, <laughs> which I can understand. I can definitely understand, and I think a lot of other people out there sympathize with you. Well, it's because it is a really, a very well done show, production-wise, and, uh, you know, as far as other shows, I don't think many other shows compare to it, so... I can't complain uh, too much, except that I think when a show is really good, you you can hold it to a higher standard, mm-hmm. and uh, and the more you like it, the more, of course, you can be disappointed by it. So, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's getting ahead of ourselves. Um, well, so I guess I wanted to start out by talking about Lost as, and we've got some really dramatic music going on in the background here. I hope it's not distracting to people. It's actually slightly distracting to me, but. Um, but it also makes this conversation that much more epic. Uh, I pulled a bunch of the music from the actual TV show. We're listening to that in the background, which I think makes this a much more exciting and dramatic conversation. I just wish I could find Absolutely. some of those like violin pieces where there's like really dramatic stuff. So uh-huh, uh-huh. If one of us says something really awesome, then I can pull that out and it just does that. Or maybe if one of us says something really stupid, it'll, <laughs> it'll make it seem awesome. Right. Yeah. That would have been nice, but we don't have that today. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess I wanted to talk at first about Lost as a metaphor, which in many ways, I mean, the show has been designed in such a way where it really is a metaphor for, for who we are as a people and what we're going through. And a lot of the themes, I mean, I think to some degree they've made them purposefully vague so that they can apply to more people. I mean, that's my theory. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, yeah, I suppose, uh... I think some of the vagueness has to do with uh, also that they they don't seem to have a clear motivation uh, guiding force throughout the show. A lot of the seasons um, are different. You know, each each season is different. The first season is all about uh, just arriving on the island and um, discovering what's you know different mysterious things that are on the island that uh should we just go through a whole description of the show or uh? yeah we got yeah we got like the smoke monster which i thought was you know when the plane first crashed it was like ooh, jurassic park we're gonna see the tv show version of that right right there there's gonna it's like a dinotopia kind of thing <laughs> i think that would have been pretty great pretty that, awesome but. yeah that would have been pretty cool but no, instead we have this vague monster, which sounds like cri- crickets being eaten by like a trash compactor or something, <laughs> that kind of chases people around and kills people for some odd reason. Smoke monster. Yeah, and then we got the polar bears. I mean, what's with the polar bears? They don't yeah. exactly explain. Well, they kind of explain. Every that. critic of the show I've ever heard who hasn't seen the show always mentions the polar bears and <laughs> how ridiculous that must be. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually an element of the show that's uh, decently well explained. So uh, if you're going to criticize a show, it shouldn't be on the polar bears. <laughs> All right, duly noted. <laughs> um, so so the idea of the show, I guess getting back to the idea of the show is a metaphor. 
they talk about a number of different subjects, fate and free will, you know, the idea that everything is predestined, all the stuff that happened in the past already happened. And oh, yeah, it's that's just another... yeah, it's like you can't change what's going to happen to you. And then the whole idea of the of the island as kind of a, a malevolent entity that kind of chooses what happens to people, and once it's done with them, they're no longer central to the plot. So in a lot of ways, they kind of made fun of themselves as writers yeah, with a lot of the elements, you know. It does refer to itself a lot, and that's... Which I thought was pretty clever in the way they did it. It was fairly subtle. I mean, in many ways, they refer to the show itself and what it's about and and who's in it and, and what they're writing it for in a way that... That doesn't take away from what they're actually doing. It's sort of breaking the fourth wall, but not actually. Yeah, yeah, it's great when they refer to what the audience is thinking with usually Hugo's dialogue. Yeah. Hugo, so. <laughs> he, yeah. Hugo usually asks questions that everyone really wants to know, everyone at home wants to know. So, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually even with the episode, I think there's an episode called Everybody Loves Hugo. Uh-huh. Which is hilarious because they don't actually say that by name in the episode, but it's pretty much just what people are thinking. I mean, everybody does love Hugo. Yeah, we all want him to keep asking those questions, and uh, unfortunately, they aren't answered. <laughs> uh. Right. Well, which which brings us to the other point of the show, which was kind of explored a few episodes before the ending, where they talked about. Uh, there was the kid asking all the questions about the island and everything, and his mom, well, his fake evil mom, hmm. says, um, she says, um, well, every question. every answer brings a new question. Right, right. Which kind of speaks to the circular nature of storytelling. Everyone thinks of stories as being beginnings and endings, but in reality, things are always changing. Every ending is a new beginning, and I think that's... yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the way that the seasons go. Getting back to just an overview of the show, um, yeah, like every every season is kind of pretty well self-contained, and uh, there's usually some big revelation at the end of the season, and then the next season will be a, a whole new kind of storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the frustrating things I think um, about, but but also what makes each season uh, pretty good if you. Uh, isolate it and and but one of the frustrating things is that later in the in the show e- with each season there's kind of a new story beginning and you you kind of you want to know what's going on you know some of the, the questions brought up in earlier seasons but uh no they want to tell this whole new story for you to follow <laughs> along to and uh <laughs> right i have to just accept that yeah and then their idea of completing a storyline and it's just killing off the character that's you know related to that particular story yeah yeah it's like oh okay well you can't ask questions about this guy anymore he's dead that's the end of that's, his storyline that um, should be all the answer you need exactly that's uh that's the conclusion to, to echo character right um, <laughs> right so there's this plane crashes on the island everyone should probably know that already but um there's the the front end section of the plane where most of the characters are from, and then a tail section of the plane uh, that they meet up with, and um, they start to tell some of these stories of these tail section characters, but I think at some point they just decided, eh, they're not really very interesting, and they haven't been around from the beginning, so let's just give them the axe. So that's 
Right. Well, they did even have a show about that with the guy with the dynamite that exploded like while he was explaining stuff, uh-huh. which I thought was hilarious. Like he basically said a lot of the stuff that people were saying about the show. What about all these other people? I mean, yeah, they're on the island. The show doesn't revolve around you six, you know. Yeah, he was trying to get involved, and look what happened. He, he... Right. <laughs> yeah, you don't mess with the island. I mean, that's or apparently the writers. No. no. <laughs> So, um, let's see. I guess a little bit more about the show, and then we're going to start getting into the ending. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, so, well, I mean... Go ahead. Yeah, there's the... There's the a lot of the show is about um, decision-making and, and uh, fate and uh, what, what control you have over, you know, what the island wants or what you want to do. I guess that you kind of already got into that, but... Um, yeah, it, it. I mean, and faith in science, and you know, the whole sh- cyclical um, element of storytelling. And I guess, in many ways, the difference between stories and reality, which was very much blurred. In the, I mean, you know, in many ways, it was not blurred at all. But in many ways, it was blurred in the idea that you don't really get the answers to the questions that you're seeking throughout your lifetime. You get some answers and your storyline is not necessarily related to those questions and so we should explain also like um the format of individual episodes is um there's usually the the main plot of the of the show which is on the island or um but not always um and and that's a complicated you know plot but then they'll often tell individual stories of characters uh from their past um, or to spoil it from their future, and uh, you know they're just they're side plots that develop the characters, and um, a lot of times uh, those are really interesting uh, for a viewer like me. I just wanted to know what was going on on the <laughs> island, so um, those became a bit of a distraction at the end. Yeah, I guess uh, this is going to keep coming back to the end because I uh, I really want to vent my rage about <laughs> I understand I, I understand so we got this show here which has got smoke monsters and polar bears and people traveling through time and alternate realities which turn out to be in fact the afterlife speaking to dead people right, right. talking to dead people people with crazy powers we've got all kinds of different stuff I mean uh, are you as confused as I am yes Just because I'm losing Doesn't mean I'm lost Doesn't mean I'll stop Doesn't mean I'm across Just because I'm hurting Doesn't mean I'm hurting Doesn't mean I didn't get what I deserve No better and no worse I just got lost Every river that I tried to cross Every door I ever tried was 
So getting back to our discussion, which uh, we left off getting ready to start talking about the ending. And uh, and I guess <clears throat> even before we get into that, we should start talking about some of these ideas about what the show is about. Um, the idea behind um, some of the storytelling. And this is stuff that, Travis, you wanted to kind of touch on. Um, so I thought we'd yeah we'd just kind of hear some of your thoughts on on some of the storytelling and what you felt about it and how the show kind of worked for you I guess. Oh yeah, well um, I guess uh, I just feel like it's too easy to introduce uh, mystery and and coincidence in a plot. Um, without any payoff, without any resolution, which is kind of what happened, at least in my opinion, um, in the final episode in the final season. Um, I feel like kind of like I was strung along and exploited a little bit for uh, being a fan of the show and wanting to follow a series and uh, see every, you know, episode and and think it's really important that I I catch and I follow everything. Um, But then... 
it turns out that wasn't such an important thing to do. You know, I could have just been anyone coming in at any time and had kind of the same experience. Well, I, I'm not entirely sure that's true, but I, I do agree with you on many points. I mean, there was an, a lot of buildup on that last season. Most people were thinking, you know, it's got to have a pretty satisfying ending if it's going to answer all these questions. And for a good 12 or 13 episodes of the show, they keep just you know, answering it with it. yeah, adding new questions that you have to ask. People are like, you know, finally starting to realize there's no possible way they can answer all these questions by the me end this of the show. Looming feeling of, of like <laughs> of pre remorse that it wasn't. I was just anticipating what actually came, which was uh, not not <laughs> a payoff. Um, uh-huh. Some things were. See, they do tell you what happens a lot of the time, but the question of why doesn't usually get answered, or even how. Well, so. actually, what's interesting is they do a lot of backstory, so you get a lot of why behind the characters' motivations, a lot of the different characters. So you get to find out who they are as people, yeah. as characters, and you can kind of surmise the why that they did a lot of stuff, which is really interesting for a show. They don't tell you the why of the plot line, but they tell you the why of the characters. Right, well, y- yes, which is, um, they developed their characters the whole show, and even up into the very end. And in traditional storytelling, and I'm not a proponent of, you know, the status quo as far as storytelling, but uh, you should probably stop with the character development, you know, after the first half, is my opinion. (laughs) We should have an idea of who these people are, and of course you want to show them continue to change and and whatnot, but uh, knowing why individuals do something, a thing is is not why I've been watching the show. I've been sucked into watching the show because because there's time travel and <laughs> talking to dead people and I want to know why, but I don't I don't ever get to know why or or why they're uh, flashed off the plane into you know uh, the 70s to meet up with their their other uh, right comrades back in the 70s that have been flashing around uh it's, it's hard to explain i have know, some theories it, about that which i mean we've got a little bit of time i'm gonna i'm gonna okay just really quick sure. my theory is that that whole white light thingy is basically um it's like a time and space kind of fluctuation actually uh oh what's it called there's these dang it i can't remember i've talked about them in the past there's these particles that go faster than light Hmm. basically are able to travel back in time. So assuming that this light energy is made up of particles like that, time and space being equal, it would explain a lot of things, like why when that cap blew up, um, the two, you know, Locke and Desmond, were transported out from under it and didn't explode along with the entire hatch. And that was back in, like, season two. And then, like, at the end, when what's-his-face turned into a smoke monster, okay, I don't have an explanation for the smoke monster part, but the whole, the way that he got back out of the cave, being transported out and suddenly arriving somewhere else in the same way that Jack did at the end, I mean, it's just another property of that light, that light which they were trying to control, and that's what makes it move around through time and space, and also makes them move around through time and space. Huh. Well, that then maybe that would have been a good explanation if the yeah. writers had come up with it. The writers had told you that's what it was. Or no, we're left to speculate. We have to explain it away ourselves, and and no one, no answer is going to be 
correct. And maybe I just I require <laughs> a correct answer directly from the the creator. But I, I'm not even really sure. I, and I doubt the storytellers themselves really have any idea of that answer themselves. So, so that's the question I have: is when you're a storyteller, do you have a responsibility to have, you know, an idea of of why things are occurring, or can you just make things up as you go along, and then hopefully you can come up with something at the end? Or should you be <laughs> thinking ahead and, and, and cra- crafting a story that's pre-considered? Um, I think I'm a fan of pre-considered plots, and I think a lot of people just enjoy storytelling that is, is evolving and, 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 and spontaneous and coming up. But you know, then in the end, when a story is created that way, you don't, you can't answer. It's very interesting, but in the end, there's no real answer. No, it's in, it's impossible to come up with explanations, which is, I think, yeah, I, really. I think from a practical perspective, they designed the show in such a way where they were kind of evolving it as they were going on, and realistically, there isn't really any way to answer all those questions at the end of the show. It's almost a consequence of that story telling style style yeah which i mean and and it's also a style that's very new to people i mean yeah most people have not seen shows done that way they've seen bad shows done that way yes except <laughs> um i haven't seen it myself but i have heard of this show called the prisoner which was uh, uh i guess on the air back in the 70s or 60s um and a fellow ends up on an island as a prisoner and i've heard it described to me um, and I guess that show was canceled, uh, so no one really did get to find out what happened with that. But uh, <laughs> maybe that was the first failed attempt a long time ago. Or Yeah. Well, in many ways, it compares to a lot of other shows like you know, The X-Files and shows like that, where they have really long-running storylines, where you get pieces here and there. Yeah. Although The X-Files doesn't answer... Well, it does answer many of their questions with new questions, but... Um, that show drove me crazy too. <laughs> yeah, except that they do have individual stories in X Files that it's more. It was more of a uh, of a typical beginning end sort of show. But yeah, they had this running plot in that that was. Uh, yeah, I personally am a fan of shows that end and complete themselves. I I've always been partial to that because shows that go on forever eventually i lose interest i don't care about the endings anymore yeah now this show kind of did both it both completed it and left it hanging which has got to be really difficult for i imagine a lot of people it's basically it's almost like the two pieces of you that got a satisfying conclusion and the piece of you that wants to know how everything ended are probably warring with each other yes i have a i have (laughs) an inner war i think one side is winning, though, which is the angry side. Um, well, so I'm going to feed that side really quick, just because, you know, it's fun. Okay. Uh, there's, you know, there were definitely a few unanswered questions, like the idea of Egyptian symbols, um, Walt being special. I guess that one they answered just because he got older and they couldn't bring him back to the show. They just kind of made him special and, and irrelevant to the show. Right. Echo was another one. I mean, he was supposed to be a really big central plot to the entire show but then they just killed him off i think it was some other conflict with the actor with their real life things going on with right. the actor not liking to live in hawaii or something right. <laughs> i 
can't imagine why. I know. I mean, come on. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, the powers that everybody had. Some very interesting powers. And then the numbers. I mean, we kind of got at the end what the numbers were, but why were they like that? I mean, why were there numbers? And why were there like certain uh, <laughs> coordinates that you could only leave the island with? And then that whole lighthouse thing. You could see his house. <laughs> the lighthouse. Places. Yeah. Yeah. What is the deal? With, <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about what uh <laughs> what people must be thinking if they haven't seen a, a bit of this show and they're listening to this program right now yeah uh y- yeah you know, um, it's it's like that old saying i think if you don't know no one can tell you and if you know you can't explain it or there's it sounds much better <laughs> from someone who knows what the actual quote is but it's the same kind of thing i mean trying to explain loss to anyone gives both you and that person a headache yeah right right <laughs> So what do you think? I I have a sort of feeling like uh, since Lost has done this, um, uh, you know, they've gone along with this serial television format that changes week to week and that people have to follow along with. Oh, oh, but, you know, like I said before, maybe you don't really have to and you can have the same experience. But does it ruin the format of a serial serial TV show? when you don't give the audience a payoff for following along? Well, I think it depends on what you mean by payoff. And it also depends on what you mean by audience. So yeah. It's, it's very, this show is very enigmatic in both its payoff and its content and many other things about this show. Um, it, from a traditional storytelling perspective, it's very hard to tell what the payoff actually is in regards to the storyline. I mean, most storylines have a conclusion that satisfies the problems that were brought up at the beginning of the show. Yeah. And in that way, this show doesn't have a payoff, uh-huh. which is very different. Uh, it's different in the same way that reality television is different from regular television. And by the way, I hate reality television. I cannot stand to watch it. But I agree with you there. I get its value. Like I totally get that. You know, if done right, it makes sense and it brings in a sense of realism that you can't get in regular stories. And they still try to tie up loose ends with stuff like that. Well, I kind of feel like if you want character development, you may as well watch reality television. And if you want, you know, an interesting story, you should be watching shows like this. So I'm, I'm thinking that, like, what is it... Uh, I wonder if another show wants to do what Lost has done and create a show that, that changes and that people have to follow along with, if people will now be turned off by that because they've, they've, it's been tainted by Lost. If they, <laughs> they know, well, Lost didn't tell me what was going on, right. so why should I watch this show that... Uh, seems to be very mysterious and, and um, you know, wanting me to tune in every week. I shouldn't because, uh, you know, I've been, I've been burned. <laughs> well, I have to admit, you do kind of have a good point. And besides the fact that there are probably shows out there that are going to style themselves after Lost right. and not give you an answer at the end. So there's a legitimate chance that you will indeed be burned again if you watch more shows like Lost. I think they'll have to have a... a pr- uh, preface at the beginning of every episode that says we will tell you we promise we will we will if the show gets canceled we will release a a book and explain everything (laughs) yeah well you know the uh, Mulholland Drive should have had that because wow (laughs) had the same feeling at the end I I remember driving home after that and just kept saying what over and over again in my head I was like in this daze 
I was like, I could not understand what had happened. I felt there needed to be a hotline. Yeah, that I could call <laughs> support and group. Ask questions about what I what happened. What happened to you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And some people are going to call that art. They're going to say that that's just if you don't understand it. Well, you're a philistine. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, in this way, I agree with you. Under- not understanding for the sake of not understanding is annoying. Yes. It's the same way that Ashlanders think a lot of the stuff that they put out there is art, where it's something that a five-year-old could do, and yeah. uh, they charge, like, hundreds of dollars for it. Yeah, well, that's not even just localized to Ashland. That's the way yeah. art's been going for a while, but that's that's a whole other discussion. Well, okay, so let me let me talk really quick about why I think, personally, the ending did work. Because for me, the ending was, uh, you know, at first I was like, okay, watching this whole thing, and I'm like, how are they going to answer all these questions? And then as they're doing this whole alternate reality thing, I'm I'm starting to get what it's about. And originally I thought the alternate reality was the real world, and the island was just kind of writing itself after the whole atom explosion that happened when Kate, or what's-her-face, was hitting the bomb. Oh, right. And then it blew up. And I thought the island was just tying off loose ends so that Juliet the... Juliet was, yeah. Yeah, Juliet. Bomb. Yeah. So that the actual reality could, you know... Could actually happen without this whole island reality. Exactly. Because they had the whole island at the bottom of the ocean at the beginning of the series. And so I'm like, okay, this is an alternate reality that was created when she blew up the bomb. So the island is just tying off all its loose ends. Right. Which I thought was kind of a cool theory, but yeah. as it turns out, it was the afterlife, which, uh, and in the afterlife, there's no here or, you know, there's no time, there's no anything. So people can exist in the afterlife in the future, and which they had happening, you know, Hurley and Ben kind of talking to each other about how awesome it was running the island for however long they did. Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then they're all going into this church, which um, someone else noticed that they had all the different symbols from different religions in the panes of the the church, which I thought was kind of cool. So it's almost like a every religion kind of church, basically. Uh-huh. And they're all they've all basically created this world in in much the same way that that they did in What Dreams May Come, uh-huh. which I also liked. Um, they they created this world where they're able to. Uh, find each other again you know they've gone through these crazy lives and find each other and reactivate all the things that were special in their lives which I thought was a really interesting way to end the show because to me it really pointed out that you know the whole all the questions and everything about the show they don't actually matter I mean as you know from a storytelling perspective yes they matter but but in reality when you're dead all the stuff that you've done all the unanswered questions all that stuff it doesn't matter it's the journey that took you there that really matters it's the time you spent with all those people that you really liked uh-huh. which i thought was cool and and there's also a quote towards the end of the show that i think jack says to desmond he says what we do on this island matters you know everything all of it matters because desmond was trying to get him to be like you know what we do on this island doesn't matter there's this alternate reality where we're all happy right he's like no what we do here matters and it's true. What you do, the experiences that you have, the, the people that you meet with, it all matters. The questions that were unanswered, the the you know the things that you build, all that kind of stuff. None of that actually matters. It's the time that you spent with these other people, uh, and that was really the entire point of the show from the beginning. Yeah, I've heard that argument uh, that that philosophy coming from super 
big fans of the show and um you know i feel like it's pretty convenient you know <laughs> i know it's incredibly convenient and and it's a really easy explanation for the end but i also have to point out that they've been doing it since the beginning of the show every episode they have a backstory on a character they focus on what they're doing in that episode they're telling you about who these people are and why they do the things that they do and yeah there's all these unanswered questions but you know, I thought in that way it really tied up what the whole point of the show was. And, yeah, it's a leap for a lot of people to realize that in the end all those questions, they're always going to be unanswered because every story, the completion of every story, starts a new one and brings new questions. And that's how storytelling works. You know, And that's why I thought, for me, the ending really worked because it really brought home what the whole point and the whole reason that people cry and get so involved in the show is what happens to these characters and what they do and right, right you know their own personal stories i mean nobody cries when what's his face turns into a smoke monster or when the smoke monster goes around doing crazy stuff it's when these like when soon and jin are dying in the water right of course why they chose to let both of them die and neither of them take care of the baby i don't really understand <laughs> well uh <laughs> does that other reality even exist anymore anyway as well like uh right. their child or or uh claire's baby boy <laughs> yeah uh we will never find that out yeah and uh <laughs> so okay so we're practically out of time here um but uh but yeah i guess do you have any final thoughts well i guess i'd just like to sum up that if you're the kind of person who who enjoys the goings-on of a story as they are going on, um, you will enjoy Lost. You should go ahead and watch it, but uh, maybe not watch it hours on end, back-to-back, and and zoom through the whole thing. (laughs) You know, save it for the evening. Read your, you know... It's like when you're a kid and your mom reads you a chapter book and she reads one chapter before bed. It's a good little thing to, to taste. But um, if you really want to zoom through this thing and get answers and 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 resolution, and uh, <laughs> then I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend going through the whole thing. I, I wouldn't recommend st- starting a show that you feel really compelled, and uh, you you may eventually be disappointed. I have to admit, I do agree in general. If uh, if you care about those unanswered questions, probably don't watch Lost. But if you really care about the character development of people, and I'm not talking in a soap opera kind of way because we didn't have like midgets and twins and weird stuff like that. Although for everyone listening, I'm sure it sounds much more bizarre than a soap <laughs> opera. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again, we just we can't explain to you this show. You have to watch it. Of course, if you do watch it, you're going to be hooked. Yes. So know that to begin with, as soon as you start watching, so long as you start watching the first episode, get in there a couple episodes in, you won't be able to stop anymore. That's pretty much how the show works. Yeah. Just uh, go ahead and allow me to deflate your expectations a little bit so that you're not <laughs> super disappointed. Um, there's, there's still some payoff. I'm just, I wanted more, that's all. I understand. Well, thank you very much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> what is going
monsters in front of you. The characters on Lost are actually lost. So lost. They're literally lost. The show is called Lost. They're lost. Their ways have been lost. Their lives. They have lost. There's so much time lost. We have lost. Getting lost. The audience is every theory that you've ever heard. The writers are seems more possible with every word. The actors are how this show's remembered all depends, my friends, on how the entire series ends. The audience is never have you watched a show before. The viewers they've on the lookout for each metaphor. But all is not well. To go back and decode each code Once you've seen the final episode If you love something, then let it go Someday you will find another show One you'll watch and know what's going on I mean one you'll watch and know what's going on at the end of our show but before we go get out a pen and paper it's time for spell speak spell speak 
If you can keep up, you will be able to decipher this very important message. Once you're done, be the first to email me this message at trevor at kskq.org and you'll get a 10% savings on your first project with Lightworks Media. Lightworks provides conscious marketing, video, web, and print design services to businesses worldwide. Go to www.lightwerxmedia.com for more info. If you need to hear this message again, this show will be up in the archive section at kskq.org later tonight. Are you ready? W-H-A-T question mark. I-A-M-S-O-N-O-T-M-O-V-I-N-G-T-O-T-H-E-R-A-P-E-C-A-V-E-S exclamation mark. And that's by Shannon. song that I have to play over and over again. Today that song is the theme song for Lost, which I'll be playing after the closing. Coming up at 8 is um, Whistling in the Dark. If you have feedback or suggestions or just want to say hi, send me a message at trevor at ksqq.org or go to thealternativeradioshow.com for our past show archive and to listen to some of our past skits and segments, subscribe to our podcast, or join our Facebook page. You can listen to our, next, our show every Tuesday at 7 on KSKQ.org 94.9 FM. Next week, however, I will be out, so it will be a repeat episode. Uh, and this is all the unanswered lost questions that everyone has about the ending of the show. Thank you very much for listening. I really liked Lost. I guess I just still have a few questions about it. Like, why did the monster kill the pilot? What did Loxie when he first saw the smoke? What's with the polar bear and Walt's comet? Where is Christian Shepard's body if it's not in the casket? Why did the psychic say that Claire had to fly on Oceanic Flight 815? And why did he insist that her son had to be raised by Claire? Why did the others want Walt so badly? Who sent Kate the letter telling her about her mother being treated for cancer in the hospital? How does Walt know about the hatch? And why does he warn Locke not to open it? Why does the smoke monster make mechanical sound? How is Walt able to apparate before Shannon? How did Walt communicate with Michael using the swan computer. What is the deal with Kate and that horse? Why are supplies still being dropped on the island after the purge and by who? What triggered the lockdown and why on earth would anyone design it so during the lockdown black lights go on? What happens to the original Henry Gale? What happens to the original timeline Libby between the mental hospital and getting on the tail section of Flight 815? Who built the four-toed statue? Why does only one specific bearing get you off the island? What are the hieroglyphics on the swan countdown timer about? Why did Tom feel the need to wear a fake beard? Who was Libby's previous husband who gave her a boat to give to Desmond? Where the skeletons in the polar bear cave? Where did the toy Truck come from. How did Locke and Echo escape the hatch implosion? Why couldn't Locke talk after the hatch explosion? Why did the monster kill Mr. Echo and why didn't he just do it the first time they met? What did Mr. Echo mean when he said, You're next after he dies? How disgusting was it when Hurley was eating from that tub of ranch dressing? Why did Yemi's body disappear? Why does Danny say Jack wasn't on Jacob's list when in fact his name was clearly written in the cave? Why can't women on the island have babies and what does this have to do with anything? What was that Russian letter in Mikhail's typewriter? Why is a supply drop menu hidden behind a game of computer chess? I mean, computer chess? Remember when Ben gave Julia that weird mark as a punishment? What was that about? And what's the deal with Jack's tattoos? 
Actually, you know what? I don't care about that one. Desmond knew a monk? How did that monk know Eloise? Why did Ben see his dead mother? Who decided it was time to kill the others in a purge? What happened to Ben's childhood friend Annie? Why did Desmond have a false vision of Claire and Aaron leaving the island on a helicopter? How does Mikhail keep coming back to life? Why does Walt tell Locke that he still has work to Who's do? Who's I appeared in the cabin window? We know it wasn't the smoke monster because it was Christian Shepard. Now we know the Christian Shepard was the smoke monster the whole time. Where did Miles get that picture of Ben? Who is the RG on Naomi's bracelet? Why was there a 31 minute, 20 second difference between the time? Who is the economist and why did Ben want him dead? Why was Ben so surprised that they could kill Alex? I mean, what are the rules? If the smoke monster can't leave the island and was zombie Jack's dad, how does Jack's dad appear at a hospital in L.A. and on a freighter? How did the monster get into Jacob's cabin? And why ask Locke not to tell anyone that he saw Claire in the cabin? Why did Ghost Horace direct Locke to the cabin and tell him Jacob was waiting there when it was really the smoke monster? Why do the Oceanic Six name Charlie, Boone, and Libby as the other three survivors? I mean, what's the logic in that? Why does Miles decide to stay on the island? What does the deal with the frozen wheel? I mean, it combines light and water? That's not really an answer. Why does Ben insist that the Oceanic Six, as well as Locke, have to return to the island? Why don't the rules of time travel apply to Desmond? Who were the men who tried to capture Saeed and Hurley but got thrown into a dishwasher full of knives in one of the sweetest lost fight scenes of all time? Ben asked his butcher friend who was watching Locke's body if Gabriel and Jeffrey hadn't checked in yet. Who are any of these people? What was Ben hiding when he took something out of the vent and put it in his bag? When the gang was like unstuck in time, who was that shooting at them from the outrigger? Who sent Son a gun and pictures of Jack and Ben? Who attacked Saeed at the hospital and why did he have Kate's address? Why was the smoke monster at the temple? When did the temple become like an anti-smoke monster fortress? How did the producers of the hit TV show Expose deal with the death of their two lead actors? How did Eloise come to run the land? How does a pendulum predict the island's movements? I mean, who figured that out? Why do those returning to the island need to recreate the circumstances of their first arrival? How did Jack, Hurley, and Kate get from that Ajira flight to the 70s, and why didn't Son? How did Richard bypass the Sonar fence? How did Ethan go from the Dharma Initiative to a member of the others? What's with all the hieroglyphics underneath the temple? Why did Widmore tell Ben to kill Rousseau and her baby, and why did he then let Ben keep the baby anyway? Why did Daniel leave the island in the 70s, and why does he tell Jack, he doesn't belong there. Why does Richard think he saw everyone in the 1977 Dharma picture die? Who broke the circle of ash around Jacob's cabin? Why can Jacob leave the island, but the smoke monster can't? Jacob uses his last breath to say, they're coming. But who are they? What's the deal with the pool that brings people back to life? And why did it bring Saeed back with an English accent? What is the infection? How did Claire get infected? How did Saeed get infected? And why did he need to voluntarily take a poison pill, especially when he could become uninfected with a simple argument for love? Why was the smoke monster slash lock slash whoever it is confused that Sawyer could see young Jacob? What's the magic lighthouse about? How is Dogen simply being alive, keeping the smoke monster out of the lighthouse? What happened to the flight attendant Cindy and the kids? Why didn't Son tell Jin to go just so their daughter wouldn't be an orphan? Where did Jacob and the smoke monster's mother come from? Where did Jacob and the smoke monster's other mother come from? Who finished the magic wheel that combines, quote, light and water? And when did it become frozen? What is the nature of the light? And magic wine? I mean, seriously, magic wine? Why does that Tina Fey lady want the electromagnetic map of the island? How did Woodmore's electromagnetic thingy send Desmond to the afterlife and back? Wasn't Saeed's soulmate Nadia? Why weren't Michael, Walt, Lapidus, Echo, or any of the other characters at the church. You guys want to get into V? And that's the last word. You've been listening to The Alternative Show, which would not be possible without substantial donations from Anna Septic, created by Aaron Tires, with producer Terry Clock and studio engineers Ida Ho and Randy Peters. Special thanks to Howie Kisses, Ty Marks, and my good friend Richard Keyes, patent lawyer Meg O'Tan, Mary Kay cosmetic saleswoman Doris Close, and of course Al Gore for inventing the internet, without which this nearly live streaming broadcast would not be possible. All celebrity voices are impersonated unless stated otherwise during the show, which is broadcast live on location at Walt Disney's Tomorrowland theme park in Disneyland, France. Where la piscine dans les Disneyland Resort. C'est plus bon, magnifique. Featuring the host with the most, Trevor S. Thomas, and yours truly, Alan Ray. 
for listening to KSKQ 94.9 FM, Ashland Radio, a product of the Multicultural Association of Oregon. Thank you, and good night. Na-na-na-na, every day's like my iPod stuck on replay, replay.